The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 306 of the podcast. Unless you're joining me live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. If you want to catch the show live, subscribe on one or all of those platforms. Turn on your notifications. And they'll do the work of letting you know when the show is going live. Like right now. Today is Sunday, March 12th. <laughs> The week before St. Patrick's Day, where people of Irish heritage like myself and everyone else get shit-faced for no apparent reason. Um, some guy and something with snakes uh, a long time ago. Nobody really knows. Um, but it all happened. So we wear green and uh, we, we drink green beer and we drink whiskey and uh, we have a good time. And I hope everyone does it safely. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, <clears throat> a little bit late on this Sunday evening. It's about 11 p.m. <clears throat> I'm coming to you all uh, pretty tired. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's been a long day. We uh, we lost an hour of sleep. Daylight savings time. So uh, don't forget to... Change the batteries in your smoke detectors, folks. This is the uh, this is your yearly reminder. Daylight savings time, a good time to change those out. Keep your family safe, um, and I like to remind people to do that. My brother-in-law has been in town from uh, from Japan for the past few weeks. Uh, those of you who caught the last few episodes know that my father-in-law had hip replacement. Uh, about two weeks ago. So my brother-in-law has been in town to help out. And uh, he was in search for some American whiskey that he can't get his hands on while he's in Japan. So I hunted it down for him because, as you know, that's what I do. He was looking for a Wyoming bourbon. So I, I managed to snag a bottle of it. Never had it myself. Um, brought it to the in-law's in place today for a... Uh, like a late lunch, early dinner. We started pouring the whiskey because uh, he didn't have room in his suitcase to take it back to Japan with him. So we started enjoying it and uh, we enjoyed quite a bit of it. And uh, right when I was just about done drinking for the day, he broke out some whiskey that he brought from Japan, which happened to be a Nika coffee grain whiskey now the coffee grain uh a lot of people mistake for coffee flavored whiskey but it's actually coffee c-o-f-f-e-y and it has nothing to do with the coffee that you and i drink in the morning with our breakfast it's actually the name of the type of still that's used to make this whiskey so the Nika coffee grain is actually 95% corn 
whiskey. It's basically a bourbon, but you can't call it a bourbon because it's not made in the United States. Delicious. Uh, very hard to come by here in the States. So I was grateful that he shared it with me. Uh, I have a picture of the bottle. I'll, I'll post that up on my Instagram story at some point. So <clears throat> put back quite a few. To say the least, um, this evening or, or late this afternoon. Uh, and then I took a long break, came back home. My wife, my wife drove. Jeez. Oh, All right. My wife drove. <laughs> Maybe I didn't recover quite as much as I thought I had. You know, I'm, I may have just uh, reprimed the engine here with little buffalo trees. Got home and then uh, had to pack uh, for my trip to New York because on Wednesday I am flying to New York with my daughter, just the two of us. Wife's staying behind to uh, run the business. <clears throat> but <clears throat> because it's spring break here in Florida, the, um, the flights were absurd to fly out of Tampa to go to New York. Um, so <clears throat> Mark fellows asks, are you intoxicated? Mark, I don't know what show you thought you were tuning into. Um, but this happens to be MMA on the rocks and I rarely do this show sober. So I hope that answers your question. So the flights from Tampa to New York were absurd. So I found out the flights from Orlando to New York were much more reasonable in the ballpark of like $700 cheaper. So I thought, okay, let's get a hotel for a couple of nights in Orlando. Uh, the wife can drop us off at the airport and then she can drive back for five days and then come pick us up in Orlando on Sunday. <clears throat> Thinking because we have our Disney annual passes that we'll just go to Disney for a couple of days wrong because um, our annual passes were blocked out this week, I guess because it's spring break. So it's, it's too popular. So that was a no-go. So we we wound up booking like a little motel that has a little water park in it, which will be fun uh, for our little five-year-old princess. So we're going to do that for a couple of days, fly out of Orlando to New York, visit the family. I'm very excited to meet my niece, Julia, who is just over three months old. Um, haven't met her yet. <clears throat> so... That's going to be awesome. I wish I could have been up there when she was born, but um, wasn't doable. So I, I get to meet my three-month-old niece, and that's very exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be up there for UFC 286, so I'll be watching that at my sister's house. We'll get into all that a little later. <clears throat> so leaving tomorrow morning-ish for Orlando, <clears throat> doing a couple of days there at a little uh, water park hotel motel whatever it is and uh it's gonna be a good time spring break uh <laughs> you know not like the spring break of old you know the, these spring breaks are now revolved around entertaining the kids and uh 
and meeting the babies. Phil McClendon tuning in from Memphis. Says, great show. Well, cheers to you, Phil. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. But thanks for tuning in. All right, all right. I uh, <clears throat> I noticed an influx of um of notifications on YouTube because last week I started posting more little short videos like the sixty second things that kind of pop up in your feed, and I shared some of my uh, some of my uh, opinions from the show last week about refereeing and stand ups and uh, <clears throat> a couple other things and. Uh, I saw an influx of of negative comments, which, you know, when you put yourself on the Internet, you have to be expecting that sort of thing, you know, because there's just negative people on the Internet. So <clears throat> normally it's just, you know, the usual group. You know, I have a couple of people who like to break my balls on here. And that's fine. I'm totally open to it. I actually enjoy it. You know, uh, I'm not someone who's going to get all bent out of shape over a few negative comments. But um, with the YouTube shorts, I noticed that my opinions made a lot of people upset and they let me know about it. And I engaged in a little back and forth and I found it fun. Like if you ever disagree with something I say, that's fine. You know, I'm. I'm willing to put my opinions out on the internet fully aware that people are going to disagree with them. I'm just happy you're listening to them. So if you disagree with something I say, let me know. Let's have a little back and forth. You know, that's why we're here. This is all in good fun. Yes, Mark says any publicity is good publicity. So <clears throat> if, if you're tuning into the show, or if you're watching the shorts, or if you're reading my tweets, or looking at my Instagrams, or anything I'm putting out there, I appreciate it. You know, even if you hate me, I appreciate you. So thank you to everybody who commented on the little short clips. Um, those clips got a lot more views than the uh, than the actual episode, and a lot of things people were upset about. Uh, we're actually cleared up in the full length episode that they're probably never going to listen to. So that's that. I'm, I'm just going to let the universe balance that one out and we'll leave it at that. <clears throat> so one of the things I got into last week and I normally, I normally steer clear of giving you guys predictions. I don't like to give predictions because people do listen to the show. It may not be a lot of people, but People listen, and I don't want anybody putting their hard-earned money on the line based on something that I say. You know, I can be very persuasive at times, I've been told, and I don't want to sway you one way or the other and, and cause you to make some bets that you'll regret. So I kind of steer away from giving my opinion on how fights are going to turn out. But what I told you guys last week is I don't see Peter Jan having a chance in hell of winning this fight. I said that with a lot of conviction, which is something that I don't normally do with you guys, right? 
But that's because I didn't see a chance in hell that he won that fight. I mean, Peter Jan, <laughs> I think he's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's been one of the more overhyped fighters in recent memory. And I'll, I'll stand by that statement. Uh, in the last four years, he's only had one win over an active fighter. And that was a decision win over Corey Sanhagen. Great fight. You know, he, he showed a lot of gusto in that fight. But I just don't think he's the phenom that people kind of labeled him to be. And, and, and I hate to knock people down after uh, a few losses and granted there was there was definitely controversy i mean the loss over aljamain sterling that was an unfortunate circumstance for everybody including aljamain sterling who got a belt put around his waist um the fight with sean o'malley i thought peter yon won that fight but i didn't really care that much if if peter yon was the fighter that people built him up to be he should have left it beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was the better fighter than Sean O'Malley. And he didn't, he didn't do that. He, he couldn't get him out of there. He couldn't finish him. Um, so he lost a bullshit decision there. I'll give you that. But <clears throat> here's a guy who earned his way to a title shot by knocking out a 40-year-old Uriah Faber. So... I was just never on board with the hype train. And then I thought it was just a horrendous matchup for him. Like, Marab is so tenacious. He fights smart. He comes in there with a good game plan. He broke the record for most takedown attempts in a fight. What was it, 45, 40-something? 40 hey, granted, he only hit like seven or eight of them, but the threat of the takedown was what allowed him to bust up the face of Peter Young. I mean, his right eye was all but swollen shut by the end of this fight. And I think about halfway through the fourth round, he probably couldn't see out of that eye. Marab busted him up. Marab, Marab is a fucking animal. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of animals, Jeff the Animal Wilson obviously could not join us this evening. He had... um. He had dinner plans. I think he's at a, a wine and cheese party or something like that with Arsenio Hall. Why didn't anybody tell me how good the cheese was? All right. So here's the problem that comes up with Marab winning this fight. Obviously, he's the number one contender. But his buddy, Aljamain Sterling, is the champ. <clears throat> I think they have a plan in place for what's going to happen. Aljamain's going to do his next fight against whomever he's booked to fight. Um, it, it escapes me right now. And then he's going to move up to 145 pounds. He's talked for years about how the cut to 135 is too tough for him. I think the plan is for him to vacate the belt and move up so that Marab can fight for that belt. I don't know who he'll be fighting. Um, Probably the winner of uh, Corey Sanhagen and Cheeto Vera uh, will probably fight Marab. <clears throat> um, 
for that vacant belt. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. So Aljamain Sterling is supposed to fight Henry Cejudo. Uh, you know, who knows what happens there either. Maybe Cejudo wins, and then Cejudo versus Marab would be an awesome fight. I mean, you have a wrestling machine in Marab who doesn't necessarily have wrestling credentials, but mixes things up well in the cage um, and has such tenacity and does not get tired that his wrestling is effective against an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling in Henry Cejudo. Um, that would be a fun fight too. And I think win or lose, Aljamain Sterling will likely move up to 145 pounds. Off of a win, he's more likely to get a title shot at 145. I think Aljamain Sterling uh, versus Volkanovski would be a fun fight. You know, Aljo is a big 135er. And I think he may actually be a little bit bigger than Volkanovski, which based on the fight with Islam Makashev, we've seen is not an issue for Volkanovski. So I, I think it's a fun stylistic matchup. I think it's a fun fight. I would like to see it. There's a lot of interesting things that are going to happen in the bantamweight division in the next few months. I'm excited for the Sandhagen <clears throat> and uh, Cheeto Vera fight. I think that's really interesting. But yeah, Marab just just beat up on Peter Jan here. Uh, Jan was not in a single second of this fight. He was just not in it the entire time. Um, couldn't get any offense going. Uh, he did hit one takedown. I think it was in like the third round or so. But um, other than that, I mean, he did he did a good job defending takedowns. Obviously, he defended like thirty eight takedowns. But <laughs> if you're defending takedowns the entire fight, obviously you're not producing any offense. And let's not forget, he was getting beat up on the feet too. You know that eye was swollen shut at the end of the fight. So credit to Marab. Uh, he did exactly what I kind of thought he was going to do. And like I said, I don't like to give you guys predictions. I don't like to, I don't like to pick the winners, but when I looked at this fight on paper, I just, I just saw it going down exactly how it went down. I saw Marab just smothering Peter Jan for 25 minutes. And I, I couldn't fathom it going any other way. And that's exactly how it went. So there you have it. <clears throat> I'm not saying I'm some kind of like mystic fight predictor or anything, but I've been around this sport a long time and <clears throat> I very rarely give you guys predictions, but when I do feel so strongly about something, I'll, I'll mention it. So there you have it. And, and again, I'm not saying do not ever, or I am saying, do not ever bet your money based on anything I say. Please, do not. I've gambled on MMA before. I'm not good at it. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. The rest of this card, I thought it was a fun little card. Um, <clears throat> I was out last night, so I missed it live. Uh, the wife and I had a little date night. Got a babysitter. We went to a... Uh, a winery nearby called Aspirations Winery. Uh, did a wine tasting there. Awesome. Love it. It's like five minutes from our house. Um, we'll be visiting there again uh, probably in the near future. Just went and did like a little tasting. Wound up leaving with like six bottles of wine. 
but it, it, it was awesome. They, they really do a nice job. Everything's like organic. They don't use like sulfites or anything. Their whole thing is, is uh, their wine won't give you hangovers, which I don't have a problem with anyway, but uh, I know some people do. So if you have a problem with hangovers, you want to avoid wine with uh, sulfites and like <clears throat> artificial ingredients like uh, sweeteners and, and stuff like that. Try to stick to more organic stuff, sulfite-free, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, different buzzwords you want to look out for. <clears throat> so uh, the rest of this card, Alexander Volkov getting the TKO over Alexander Romanov. I said last week there's only room for one Alexander, so I guess it's Volkov. Uh, Romanov, <clears throat> I think, attempted like five takedowns in the, in the two minutes that this fight lasted. He got none of them, and he got knocked out by Volkov. Uh, Romanov uh, looked desperate. He looked sloppy. Uh, didn't look like a co-main event fighter in there, to be honest. So <clears throat> he got finished quickly uh, by Volkov, who is you know, still a high-level heavyweight, in my opinion. So there you have it. Uh, Nikita Krylov getting the uh, triangle choke over Ryan Span. So this fight was interesting. Um, obviously, everybody knows they were supposed to fight two weeks ago. Uh, Krylov came down with some diarrhea or, you know, whatever he had, some kind of um, intestinal thing, food poisoning, who knows. Couldn't make it to the fight. So they put it off. They did it at a catch weight of 215 pounds because they just did the weight cut two weeks ago. So they'll give him a little bit of a break from that. 215. These guys went in looking to kill each other, basically. There was a lot of uh, a lot of animosity going into this fight. Uh, Krilov was just a step ahead the whole time uh, with the grappling exchanges and then wound up on bottom but wound up uh, getting spanned one arm in, one arm out, locked up a triangle, got a quick tap from him. So that triangle must have been tight. You you notice that when he hit the triangle, he was on a little bit of an angle, which makes the triangle so much tighter. Uh, so as soon as he had it locked in, and when he cut that angle, it's immediately cutting off the blood flow to Ryan Spann's brain. Uh, he felt it right away. He recognized it. And... Um, you know, he did the smart thing and tapped, which uh, some of the other people on this card did not do, and and they chose to go to sleep. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Jonathan Martinez and Saeed Nurmagomedov, what a fight this was! Um, look, we've seen, especially in the past week with with Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. Spinning attacks can look kind of cool, but they're just not effective. If you land one, yeah, it'll be on your highlight reel forever. I mean, Edson Barbosa and Terry Adam, uh, that, that highlight reel lives rent-free in everybody's brain for eternity. <sighs> However... Those moments are based on perfect timing, right place, right time, and just poor reaction time. Um, 
the ways to deal with spinning attacks are either to step back from them or to move forward and smother them. You know, like putting out a fire, throwing a blanket on a fire. You got to smother those spinning attacks. Um, we saw last week Alexa Grasso drilled over and over the smothering technique. You know, you smother on the spinning back kick and you're able to take the back. Um, I teach my fighters at the Muay Thai gym, if somebody throws spinning attacks, to just step forward and grab a clinch. And I, I think that's good enough. So the point I'm getting at is Saeed Nurmagomedov spent a lot of time and a lot of energy trying, trying to throw these spinning attacks, and he even landed a few of them. He, he landed a few nice uh, spinning back fists, um, and it looked cool. But look, at the end of the day, he lost the fight to a guy who was just a little too tough, a little too gritty, a little too good in the clinch, was able to pin him up against the cage. Um, if he got taken down, he's working off of his back. Um, Jonathan Martinez did a great job in this fight. And so someone I listen to a lot is Chael Sonnen, and he says that a lot of times the obstacle fighters run into is the fighter, the fight is harder than they thought it was going to be. And that's usually the fights that they lose. You know, if they go in thinking they're just going to completely run through a guy. You know, I heard uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov leading up to this fight saying, like, nobody wants to fight him and he wants a top level opponent. And just basically dismissing his fight with Jonathan Martinez, uh, who is an extremely tough dude and ha had an incredible corner, by the way, as well. I have to give a shout out to the corner of Jonathan Martinez, who's giving him great advice throughout the entire thing. Like when he had uh when he had Nurmagomedov against the cage at one point, and Nurmagomedov was trying to tie his leg up, they just told him to step his leg back. Very simple adjustment, but he heard it, he listened, and he executed, and he was able to uh, keep that dominant position, holding him up against the cage. Um, so it was good coaching. Uh, with a very coachable fighter, which is something that is very rare in this sport, believe it or not. You know, we don't often see coaches who give good advice and we don't often see fighters who listen to that good advice. So that combination is what won this fight for Jonathan Martinez, along with, you know, his fighting spirit and his heart and, and his desire to win. Uh, is what got it for him. Um, humbling experience for Nurmagomedov. Uh, his first loss, I believe, uh, it was on a big platform. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be put through the ringer when he gets back to practice uh, with the with the rest of the Dagestani crew. I'm sure Khabib is not going to be happy with his performance. Uh, hopefully, we see him come back, uh, you know, with better game plans and just not throwing the spinning shit because. Especially at a high level, like, yeah, there's a chance you'll hit it and, and you'll have a, a highlight reel for the rest of your life. But I just don't understand putting so much effort into something that's so low percentage. Um, and, and that's all I have to say about that.
Mario Bautista making quick work of Guido Canetti. Um, pretty um, nice back and forth between these two with the grappling exchanges early on. And then uh, Bautista kind of just decided to end the fight and uh, got on the back of Guido Canetti, hit that rear naked choke. Uh, Vitor Petrino and Anton Turcali. Uh, this was a this was a fun fight. Uh, Turcali showing he's got a hell of a chin. He took some clean shots from uh, Vitor Petrino and just took a lick in and kept on kicking. So credit to him. Uh, I know he's he's gone up to heavyweight on short notice and. Um, you know, came out of that on the wrong end. And, you know, came up short here, but he showed that he's tough as hell because I think, I think Petrino kind of thought he was going to run through him. And then he realized he couldn't and then had a really hard time, especially in that second round. Um, but then uh, kind of turned it back on again. Uh, I, I think he was getting frustrated too that he just could not put Turkali away. But um, ends up with the unanimous decision in a very close, very exciting fight. Uh, Carl Williams, unanimous decision over Lucas Bercheski. I, I did not catch that one actually. Uh, Davy Grant um, basically at the buzzer puts. Rafael Asuncao to sleep with an inverted triangle. Um, I will say he did he did put his toes in the cage to kind of set up this triangle. If you go back and watch it, he used he put his toes in the cage and used it as leverage to get get the proper angle on this inverted triangle. But still credit to him. It was a very slick submission. Um, he pulled it like basically out of nowhere, and he did put. A Sunsau asleep, which for those who don't remember, a Sunsau was like the boogeyman of the bantamweight division for a long time. There was the people were were so afraid to fight this dude. Um, he was just an incredible fighter in his prime, be and before you saw him. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, a great submission by David Grant, very creative, very slick. Cheated a little bit to get it, but hey, he ain't cheating, he ain't trying. Uh, Josh Friend got the uh, guillotine choke over Cedric Dumas. Uh, very interesting uh, grappling exchange there. It was kind of back and forth, and then Josh Friend got on top. He went for this guillotine uh, several times throughout the fight, wound up uh, locking it up three minutes into the second round. Victor Henry and Tony Gravely, one of the fights I was looking forward to the most, one of the fights I also did not catch, Victor Henry coming away with a split decision. Uh, it seemed like Gravely got the better of the grappling exchanges, landing a couple of takedowns, but Victor Henry had more submission attempts uh, from the stats that I read. Uh, let me know if this one was worth um, going back and watching. Let me also know if you thought Victor Henry should have gotten the decision since it was a split decision. Uh, Ariana Lipsky, unanimous decision over JJ Aldrich. Uh, Bruno Silva, uh, this was another fight where the fighter refused to tap. Tyson Nam caught him in the rear naked choke. Um, uh, 
got the submission before the position, locked up that rear naked choke, and then put his hooks in. Uh, for those who are not familiar, the hooks are when you wrap your legs around your opponent. Usually you want to secure that um, before going for the choke. They say position before submission, and that's basically when you're starting out in jiu-jitsu. They tell you that kind of thing. You want to control, learn how to control the position. Uh, before you go for the submission, but um, as you advance in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you learn that it's not totally necessary. Sometimes you can lock up a submission and you know you have it, and then you can get yourself in position afterwards, and that's exactly what happened here with Bruno Silva uh, submitting Tyson Nam, putting him to sleep. Uh, good job by the referee, Chris Tognoni, uh, noticing right away that Tyson Nam was asleep. And then uh, Carlson Harris, unanimous decision over Jared Gooden. Uh, that was at a, a catch weight, by the way. So that was cool. Good card, I thought. Uh, went back and uh, I rewatched uh, the entire main card. I, when I when I had turned it on, it was like the fourth round of the Marab uh, and Jan fight. So I saw the end of that and I went back and watched the whole main card last night and then the beginning of the Marab and Yan fight. So I did watch the entire fight. I did watch the entire main card. And then this morning I went back and watched the prelims and I thought it was a great night of fights. Let's look at next week. You know what? Let's do this first. I'm going to tell you guys something here. I'm not going to wait till the end of this time to tell you if you want to grab some MMA on the rocks merchandise, you can do so through our friends at team Reaper 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 one.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMA rocks 10, save yourself 10% on your whole order. You can get an over the top under the influence t-shirt tank top or hoodie. I know hoodie season is just about done most places here in Florida. It's it's well into 80 degrees, but um, I'm, I'm going up to New York next week where it's still like 30 or 40 degrees. So I could use one of these MMA on the Rocks hoodies. I still don't have one, believe it or not, but you can have one. Um, if you just click on the link in the show description um, after the show is over, of course. Um, but Or you can just go directly to the... Uh, Team Reaper website, and you can order one of those. It is appreciated. Um, fair warning, whatever money I make on merchandise, I do spend on alcohol. So uh, I'll tell you that in uh, full disclosure. All right, here we go. Next week, UFC 286 at the O2 Arena in London, England. The trilogy fight between Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman. Here's the thing for me. Kamaru Usman is still in the conversation for the top pound-for-pound -pound fighter on the planet. I don't understand a lot of people's arguments for pound-for-pound. -pound. Um... 
But here's another thing I don't understand. Kamaru Usman dominates three and a half rounds of this fight with uh, Leon Edwards, who's also a guy he's beaten in the past. Gets kicked in the head at the very end of the fight and all of a sudden gets dropped out of the conversation for uh, pound for pound best fighter. I do not understand that. I think it should be based on the skills that have been shown in competition. And if you ask me, Kamaru Usman is one of the most skilled fighters to ever do it. Period. He's just, he's up there for me. I know there's been a lot of talk about pound for pound. I don't personally give a shit. Makashev and Volkanovsky and who's one and who's two. And then they both get pushed aside when John Jones comes back and who cares? It's all about marketing. That's why rankings exist. It, it gives people something to talk about people like me and other people who do this sort of thing for clicks and likes and, and, and drama and, and for people accepting them and for none of the reasons that I do this. Um, but if you're talking about active fighters who are the most skilled at the moment, I don't understand how Kamaru Usman is not in the conversation. Obviously it was incredible what Leon Edwards did in the last fight. I would never deny that. Um, it was one of the best comebacks. It was one of the biggest upsets. All of that. But if you're looking at them skill for skill, Kamara Usman is just a better fighter. And it would take a lot to convince me otherwise. <clears throat> I, I still think Kamara Usman is one of the best fighters on the planet Earth. Now, can Leon Edwards beat him again? Absolutely. He could knock him out in the first round, you know, especially on his home turf. You know, with everything he's gone through through the pandemic and not not being able to leave the country. And I don't know how his training has been and but not being able to fight regularly to come out and and do that against Kamaru Usman, who I hold in the highest regards as far as his mixed martial arts talent. For him to be able to finish in the way he did was one of the biggest accomplishments in MMA history. However, I do still believe that Kamar Usman is the more skilled and more well-rounded fighter. They're one and one. We're going to find out who the better man is on Saturday, and I'm excited for it. I genuinely cannot wait, you know, and the UFC doesn't pay me a dime to say these things. But I'll tell you guys when I'm really excited for a fight. And I'm really excited to see this fight. I'm excited to see how the environment will change things up. Uh, you know, will it benefit Leon? Will it make him more stressed? You know, will Usman come in at 100%? Will he come in so focused and so determined that he's going to fight the smartest fight of his life and grind it out for 25 minutes? Or is he going to go in there a man on fire and try and finish Leon Edwards to get revenge for him being finished? I don't know, uh, but I can't wait to see it.
Then we got the co-main event, Justin Gaethje and, and uh, Rafael Fazeev. Fazeev obviously is on paper the more technical striker. But Justin Gaethje is a very technical fighter as well. I think he doesn't get enough credit for it. You know, I think he has this reputation of a brawler. Uh, but his striking is actually very, very technical. He's a good wrestler. Um, you know, Division One All-American in Colorado. I don't think we're going to see those skills. Um the only time we've even seen a glimpse of those skills is when he fight when he fought Michael Chandler and Chandler tried to take him down and Gaethje uh, hit a leg pass on him, which for those who've never wrestled is is one of the most high level moves you could hit in live competition. It's when you're being taken down, you basically reach underneath your opponent and grab their leg and reverse the takedown in midair. Super high level, super technical. He shows he still has those wrestling chops. But we're not going to see them against Fazeev. If you told me 100% Justin Gaethje was going to fight a smart fight and mix in some takedowns, I would tell you, bet the house on Justin Gaethje. There's no way he loses this fight, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to go toe-to-toe with Fazeev, and Fazeev might just be a little bit quicker. Um, uh, a little bit more technical, and and we'll, you know, we've seen how that goes for Gaethje against guys like Dustin Poirier and uh, Eddie Alvarez. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to see him get out grappled here like he did against Khabib, but um, I think it's a fun fight, you know. Gaethje has that one punch knockout power that Fazeev doesn't. Uh, so there's that. But, you know, Fazeev will have speed and volume and technique on his side. So it's a fun fight. Gunnar Nelson <clears throat> and uh, Brian Barberina. Obviously, we know the path for victory uh, for both of these guys. Nelson's going to look to get it to the ground. Uh you know, Barrina has struggled a little bit with the grappling, but uh, tough as shit, and um, he's got a hell of a chin, and he, you know, he could probably win this fight by knockout. Jennifer Maya and Casey O'Neill, fun fight. Casey O'Neill undefeated. Jennifer Maya, you know, has been in there with with the best of the best in the flyweight division. So we're going to see if there's a changing of the guard here. And that's exciting. Here's a fight that not a lot of people are talking about. Here's my sleeper pick folks. Marvin Vittori and Roman Delidze. This is a really fun fight. All right. Vittori who, you know, was a legitimate contender. And now this fight is like, Opening the pay-per-view, I think. <clears throat> Delize is a beast. All right. We know he can do it all. We know he's a he's a hell of a striker. We know he's got knockout power. And we know he can grapple as well. I honestly don't know which way to lean on this one. 
And those are the most exciting fights for me. Okay, Delizze coming off of a knockout over Jack Hermanson, a knockout over Phil Hawes, a knockout over Kyle Dawkins, uh, and a decision over Loriano Starpoli. Uh, it's interesting. I feel like Vittori's going to try and get this one to the ground, and if he can't, he's going to be in trouble with Delizze on the feet. Even though Vittori is very competent on the feet, I think he's going to have a hard time. Jack Shore and Makwana Mirakani, that's a really fun fight as well in the featherweight division. I can't wait for that one. Uh, the rest of this card. Man, there's a lot of fights on this card. 15 fights. That's just too many. I think like eight is a good number. Like eight fights is good and maybe maybe put 10 just so like if a couple fall out at the last minute then we're left with eight um but yeah like eight to ten is fine i don't need to watch 15 fights in a night um and and this is one of my biggest passions um but it's just too much i can't watch these things for like six hours i don't know about you guys But that's that. Uh, let me know your predictions. What do you think? Do you think Usman is going to get his belt back? Uh, do you think uh, Gaethje is going to knock out Fazeev? Do you think Fazeev is going to out-technique Gaethje? Or do you think Fazeev is going to knock out Gaethje? Do you think Gaethje is going to come out and wrestle? Whatever you're thinking, please let me know. Um, I, I love engaging with people. Uh, even if you dislike me. Um, one of the comments on one of my short videos last week was who is this guy talking? And then he went on to dismantle like pretty much everything I said. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it. Um, you know, I'm not out here to preach to anyone. I'm here to have some back and forth and have some banter. And I'm, I'm willing to put my face to it, put my name to it. Like this is actually my real name. I don't know if you guys are aware of that or not. Um, but yeah, you know, if you have any feedback or criticism, I'm open to it. I do this for fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy when people interact with anything I put out there on the internet. So there's that. Um, in any case, thanks as always for tuning in. And I believe that's all I got. So until next time, and I don't know when that will be because I'm going to be in New York next week. Um, so the show might come a day or two late next week. But I will put it out a show sometime to uh, recap UFC 286. I hope everybody enjoys it. Hope you have a, a safe and fun St. Patrick's Day. And that's it. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Bye.